Hey, everybody, this is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the prosthetically enhanced dating show, Sexy Beasts. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm proud of myself for getting through the phrase reviews the prosthetically enhanced. Uh, so yes. that's a good start to uh, my podcast. And uh, life's okay. You know, I think we're all dealing with the Delta ramifications and uh, how the summer isn't playing out the way we thought it would. Um, but uh, you know, we but soldier we, on. But we were we were warned that this was coming, and and people didn't really believe it. And I'm going to tell you right before, right before we started, Merrick called because he his plan his plan yesterday was to finish work, and then go jump in the lake, and have a refreshing mm, swim. There you well, go. Well, we had uh, uh, heat index warning yesterday and right as he finished work we had a very dramatic storm come through with lightning and thunder and it was really whipping through here and it was gone in 15 or 20 minutes so anyway that ruined his plans <laughs> and he decided to go at lunch today zip down have a have a dip. Well, he got down there. He got in the water, and he and there was other people there. And he said to the fellow something about uh, the sign for no swimming is gone. You can swim at the dam now. But anyway, the guy says to him, "How about this death shot?" And uh. Merck said, "Yeah." Merck said, "What?" And you know, so he proceeded to blather on about the he wasn't getting the death shot and I think now you can't even go for a swim I mean and you can't even just not get your shot you have to talk about it yeah it has to be a badge of honor I mean I think that stuff is starting to go out the window um with all the because you know towns and companies uh, and other organizations uh the uh, school system here in Chicago just announced, hey, you got to get vaccinated. So I think that um, this fantasy world of grievance that some people have built for themselves um, is is starting to come apart. And I think a lot of people are going to have to get the shot and stop this pretending. I know they don't view it as pretending, uh, but that's what it is. And I also know that not everybody who didn't get the shot is... Um, crazy like that person right um, right you know like we have a member of our family i'm not going to say who it is i guess but we have a member of our family who hasn't gotten the shot and you know i don't think he's an idiot i just um i think that it's a confusing information environment out there and it's hard to feel sure of anything so i am sympathetic um I also just am disappointed at this point that the vaccines didn't achieve what it seemed like they could have uh, for right. our country, at least, let alone the world. That's a whole other conversation. That's right. And, and uh, you know, Dad, 
sent me a, a little video this morning about a fellow that was ranting about his wife that needed cancer treatment, and they sent her home because they needed her bed for for the COVID uh, yeah. victims. And his rant, he was very frustrated, as you can imagine. Um, and he's saying, hey, you don't want to get the shot. Well, don't come to the hospital when you get COVID. And I really had a lot of sympathy for him because his wife can't get the treatment that she needs that she should be able to get without question. Um, and so there's that sticky wicket to, wow. to yeah. look at. And um, I will tell you uh, how shocked I was. I had a, I got a cold and I thought, oh, what if this is, COVID. And uh, so I signed up to get a, uh, a, a test mm. and going up the hill towards the hospital, just right at the entrance to the hospital is a fella in his sort of camo painted, some kind of vehicle in a, in a tent with all kinds of signs saying he's suing Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center because they are requiring him to get a shot to work there. Mm, it's like an advertisement for the hospital almost. I, I couldn't. I was shocked. I was I mean, I had no idea this kind of thing was going on. And then I came home and saw that also uh, Concord Hospital is having protesters outside there that that don't want to be inoculated. To work there, mm, boo hoo! I don't know what to, I don't know. I I I yeah. I'm I have. I mean, I really have so little sympathy for um, this type of protest, but especially when it comes to the health system. Like, I'm sorry. Like you, you decided to work in a world that's dominated by the medical science of the 21st century. Um, so. Yeah, you have to get your shot so you don't get people sick, or you're less likely, at least, to get people sick. Um, right. I know it's more complicated than that. But yeah, you got to get on board because we're trying to keep people from dying. That's the whole idea of medicine. It's not to give you a job. It's to keep people from getting <laughs> sick and dying. Right? Like, oh, the uh, jobs, you know, the jobs. We're, oh, people's livelihoods. How about people's lives? Yeah. I oh. mean— you're getting me all worked I, up at the beginning of the well, podcast, Ma. Uh, I know, I know, and I'm sorry, but this is really very. Uh, my COVID test came back negative, by the way, and really, you I didn't know it. that already. Just so that people don't think I'm heartless, and I knew that piece <laughs> of the equation already. I wasn't ignoring it. Go ahead. Wait, but you you get your notification. All right, here are your test results, and you open it up, and you just think it's going to be balloons and cupcakes and, <laughs> and shooting stars and it, it all it says is not detected it's so anticlimactic <laughs> yeah yeah um, i didn't i didn't really i wasn't really worried that i had it because i could smell things and and whatnot but you just think there's going to be more fanfare for your test <laughs> As while we're talking about medicine, on a happier note, I did want uh, want to send a shout out to Jacqueline June Jay, uh, a loyal listener who, uh, when she heard a couple of months ago, Mom, about your um, 
tea spill, your hot tea spill and the burns oh. that resulted from that. And we talked about that incident and your recovery on the podcast. Um, Jacqueline June sent a nice note with uh, pictures of kittens and the message, get well soon. I don't think you could have gotten a better virtual <laughs> get well card than that. huh? <laughs> Jacqueline, that was awesome. Thank you. Um can I go through some other items in the mailbag while I'm looking sure. here, Mom? Sure, yeah. Uh, we got a message from Sue Yin, who we also hear from to, uh, from time to time. And uh, she sent us a uh, sort of meme-type thing. It says, uh, General Mills hires you, and you have to decide which one to eliminate from Chex Mix. Now, this is sort of the package Chex Mix you get at the uh, supermarket. Yes. Which is the first to go? Now, I'll list off the uh, the ingredients I can tell here. you. I know, but I, I, want, I want the people to play along. So let, let okay. me read them out so the people right. at home can play along. Here are the six ingredients, apparently, in a standard bag of General Mills Chex Mix. Mini breadstick. Rye chip, square pretzel, corn checks, wheat checks, and circle pretzel. There's no rice checks in the package checks mix. I didn't know that. But mini breadstick, rye chip, square pretzel, corn checks, wheat checks, and circle pretzel. Which is the first to go from your checks mix, Mom? The rye chip. The rye chip. Why? I, I'll never understand the rye chip. I, I hate it. I, it's like a toenail. It's like a bad toenail. I hate that. Really, the whole bag is just a bag of sadness to me. But, oh, that, that thing is like, what is that? Is that the leftover something that they just chop up and throw in the bag with a little garlic salt on it? Oh, God, that's awful. So there's your answer, Suyin. Both the she didn't say what she would eliminate. I'd gonna Suyin, can you email us and tell us what you would eliminate since you uh, oh, gave us yeah. this, little, uh, this little bit of fun? Yeah, ride chip. Uh, I didn't realize there were two shapes of pretzel though. I'm tempted to eliminate. If you had to eliminate one of the shapes of pretzel, either the square window pane pretzel or the circle pretzel, which one would you get rid of? Probably the circle. Yeah, I agree. A pretzel has no business being a circle. What on earth is that? I don't know. Because the really the, the the pretzels should all be broken up so they can get all the yummy goodness of the sauce. Mm. But yes, the yummy goodness. Good point, Mom. Uh, Chris wrote in. Chris D wrote in after we reviewed uh, Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, the uh, comedy game show hybrid. Uh, he was so happy to hear that we reviewed it. He's watched nearly 100 episodes of it. So wow. So uh, you can imagine he was delighted to hear we had discovered it. He passed along a tip for the numbers round. Now, this is the part of uh, Countdown and Cats Does <laughs> Countdown, where you have to do some math to try to reach a target number with a group of smaller numbers. Um Chris writes, if you memorize the 75s, that is the multiples of 75, 75, 150, 225, etc., it makes it significantly easier to solve many of the puzzles. Chris writes, is learning a new multiplication table worth solving math's problem on a comedy show for no reward? Probably not, but I did it anyway. Hey, you you, you improved yourself, right? Oh, yeah. A little yeah. learning. Now you know your I 75. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Thanks for the tip, Chris. Um, Greg had a show recommendation of BBC's Ghosts. Um, yeah. A lot of Taskmaster folks on that, apparently. Uh, we may check that out. 
Claire writes in and recommends the Big Fat Quizzes on YouTube, another panel show uh, hosted by Jimmy Carr, um, who seems to host everything. Uh, so there's funny. only like six six people that appear. Oh, yeah. On- yeah, we've talked about this. All the same names. You think like, oh, wow, it's a whole different world of celebrity. And it's really like... <laughs> It's like a city block of celebrity, really, in the UK. <laughs> you can pretty much know everyone on the block. Oh, that's funny to me. Uh, finally, I wanted to mention that uh, Megan O wrote in uh, in response to Mom's recommendation of, was it the phone booth at the end of the world, yes. Mom? Yes, um, And it's a novel. Edge. At the edge. At the edge, excuse me. Um and this is a novel based on a real phone booth in Japan where um, that's in like the forest and people go to it's not connected to anything, but people go to speak to their dead uh, loved ones. So um, Megan writes in that there was a This American Life segment about that phone booth Um and she says it's very touching. She sent us a link. I can't communicate that link over the airwaves, but just search for This American Life Japan phone booth, and I bet it's going to come up. Uh, the segment is entitled One Last Thing Before I Go. That would probably be helpful to know, too. And yeah. that concludes the mailbag portion of the podcast, and I think that raised our spirits, didn't it? Most definitely. To commune with our kind and funny and thoughtful listeners. Yes, Yes, and that they are. That they are. <clears throat> it was my birthday this week. Happy birthday! What a hellish uh, birthday it's been for me, <laughs> as it seemingly always is. Which I am finding hilarious. Oh, I well, just... I, f- I don't find it hilarious at all. I, I know. I'm I know. so <laughs> mad. <laughs> I, know. I know, but it is funny. I'm not great at birthdays. I'll admit that up front. Um, but, um, of course, I love my mom. I want to show my appreciation for her. So I was real proud of myself this year. I remembered. <laughs> and I so I scheduled flowers to be sent with a nice card from the family. And I was so proud of myself. And so on mom's birthday, um, texting with her. And I keep asking her, uh, did you, so did any flowers show up yet? No, no, I didn't get any flowers. And by the end of the day, I'm just like, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? No flowers. Um, well, it turns out that the uh, florist that seemed, um, by all appearances, to be in the Wilmot, New Hampshire area was, in fact, located in Las Vegas. Um <laughs> Now, I showed you the search result, Mom, and you can see yes. how I was misled. Um, yes, I can. So I called the Las Vegas florist and said, what the hell? And they refunded my money and apologized for even taking the order in the first place. But that was no help to me. I immediately place another order. I just This time, I just go straight to the big boys. 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> they know how to get flowers somewhere. They're not going to let me down. And they did. I well, they were supposed to get there yesterday, right, Mom? <laughs> I don't know. I assume that. Yeah, they were supposed were. to get there yesterday, and I, um, I, I they're being sent by FedEx. I guess I didn't know that. I thought one eight hundred flowers would like contact a florist in the area and they would bring it, but no, the flowers are apparently being sent by FedEx. And um, so last night. Mom uh, texts me and says, hey, can I go upstairs to bed now? Because instead of waiting for this delivery of flowers that's supposed to come, and I text her back and say, yeah, I, I, I'm sure they're not going to come because I sent them. And indeed, mere minutes after that exchange, I got a message that said, oh, your your flowers have been delayed. 
I opened the. Let me open it right now so I can see it. I opened the, um, the FedEx tracking number, and it says something I've never seen before. The FedEx tracking. It's just they should just put a picture of a person shrugging, like there was no scheduled delivery date. It said. <laughs> It said, these are the actual words that said at the top of the page, Mom, possibly delayed. Like, they don't even know what timeline this package exists on now. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, I love you and happy birthday. And I, Yes, thank you. I can give you no tangible representation of that love, except maybe in a few days you'll get some wilted, ruined flowers. So you'll have that to look forward to. I'll look forward to that. Let's stick with sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. The snake. I should have just gotten you another pair of sneakers. That was a winner last year. That was a winner. <laughs> the Lisa Simpson sneakers. Yeah. Um, good. Always a favorite. Always a favorite. That's, uh, so that's funny. Ma, what's your feeling on the uh, new hosts? Plural. I'm emphasizing the plural. The new hosts of Jeopardy. Mike Richards, current executive producer of uh, Jeopardy and of Wheel of Fortune, is going to take over as host of the daily uh, Jeopardy airings. And Maya Bialik is going to host some primetime specials. What do you think, Ma? Uh, Well, I liked Mike Richards. I did like him when he came on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll tell you why I liked him. I liked him because I think he's the right age. He has the right amount of um, this. This is not quite the right word, but he has the right amount of of um, seriousness. Mm. Um, and he and he seemed and he seemed very comfortable to me. So I yeah. was I wasn't unhappy to see uh, a quote unknown go into that spot. I think it would be very difficult to watch somebody that uh, had established themselves elsewhere mm. try to slip in. Interesting. Interesting. He is kind of an unknown. Um, and uh, everybody was like, oh, who is this guy when his name came out as the person right. who's probably going to be host? The funny thing for me is I've met Mike Richards, um, and n- I knew who he was, not just from Jeopardy, but um, as as a producer. He also did host a version of Pyramid on Game Show Network. Um, oh, really? And uh, I forget what it is. He's hosted a couple shows before. Um, so this is not his first hosting gig, um, although, again, people pro- probably aren't familiar with his past work. I think he'll be good. There's people who are upset that their uh, person didn't get picked. Yeah. Um, people who are upset that, oh, it's another white guy. Um, oh, I didn't read that. Yeah, that's a big part of it. You know, there was a big um, there was a big groundswell behind LeVar Burton, who yeah. I love. Reading Rainbow, Star Trek, I love LeVar right. Burton. Right. He just wasn't great at this job. And there's no shame in that. Like, it's a hard job and it's a really specific job. Yes. I I didn't think he was so hot. I thought most of the guest hosts were not that great. I did think Mayim Bialik was surprisingly good and really um, engaged nicely with the contestants, which most of the hosts I felt had trouble with. There's not much opportunity to do it, but there is just little moments to get in some personal... Um, you know, with a one second aside, um, 
some personality, and she was very good at that, I thought. So I like her as host of the primetime shows. What do you think of Maya Bialik, Mom? Well, I have to say, not my favorite. I thought she was, uh, I thought there was a little bit too much of, this is, this is what I sensed, okay, that, that all the contestants felt to me, all the women contestants felt to me when they interacted with her were like, uh, like me, like me. And <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. And I, and I felt like she sort of connected with, uh, whoever was the particular winner at that time. I think had been on for a day or two or maybe even three, uh, going back in my memory. And it was sort of like a little girls club. And I just don't, Hmm. I just want, I want you to come on as a woman and not do that little bending over while I'm talking to you. It just seemed a little condescending. I know I'm nitpicking. I'm very happy there's a... Yeah. Uh, a a woman in there. I don't, uh, you know. As I say, I love. Is it Sarah on the chase? It's not that I'm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a woman oh, in not. that. But I just thought it was a little too, like me, like me. No, that's valid. Regardless of gender, that's that's a valid um, critique because you're just talking about the energy on the right. show, right? Okay, I, I I understand what you're talking about when okay. now that you bring it up. So, um, but I do I do like her, and I think she'll do a good job with the, I do too with the prime time shows. Uh, I and think, let's face it, it's not easy to come in and do that, as you just said yourself. So maybe that part will, you know, maybe that's a little bit of her apprehension that will dissipate as she gets more comfortable. Absolutely. And the same goes for Mike Richards, who, although he may be familiar with the job, um, he's he's going to settle in and everybody who's angry about him getting the job, it won't matter in a, in a couple of years. That's the thing about these jobs. Like everybody, you know, everybody on Twitter who's saying, oh, well, I'm not going to watch. First <laughs> yeah. of all, 99% of these people are not the regular viewers of Jeopardy. Um, another thing I want to say is it's not like Mike Richards, even though he's executive producer of the show, it's not like he just picked himself and everyone has to go along with it. This right. is a huge decision. Mike Richards has his masters. He has his bosses there. They would have done testing on all of these hosts to see how their audience reacts to it. Now, I have great skepticism about Hollywood testing, but that's the machine. And this is a bigger machine than just Mike Richards. So right. It, Right. Isn't just like he placed the crown on his own head. Um, that's not how this decision uh, happened. Um, but like wait, I said, wait. in a little while, none of this is going to matter because people will just get used to him. Yeah, go ahead. Is there a decision where you can place the crown on your head? I want to know. Mm. Sure. I mean, if you want to crown yourself queen of pop mom, you can do that right now. I think I might want something bigger. Oh, oh, really? I should have sent you a crown for your birthday, although it never would have gotten there. What the hell is that? What? What is that? Someone's ringing the doorbell. Just a sec. Yeah. It's FedEx. It's, it's FedEx. Flowers. Inter- inter- <laughs> they sent the flowers to me. 
FedEx is now interrupting the podcast. What a scourge they've been for me lately. I'll be right back. I got to get this package. Okay. Our heat index is very high here today. So we are all staying inside and reading and watching TV and maybe napping. Well, that's what's going on at our house anyway. All right. Thanks, is it something? Is it something boring? Yeah, totally boring. All right. Well, could I just say one thing? Yeah. What? I would like to say, um, I was very surprised to find myself playing trivia, the trivia game that we play against your friend. And I have to tell you that uh, as of now, I am number one in my rundle. Oh my goodness! So, mom and I play in this. Um, online uh trivia league called learned league um or dork league as i like to call it um oh. yeah. <laughs> come on it's for dorks uh but it's fun and i uh, i say that i use that term with great relish uh as a dork myself but each day you get six trivia questions and you go head to head with someone um and my friend rick is also in this league and mom was quite proud to defeat him and uh, so how many there's like 24 people in a um, in an individual. It's like you're divided up into little divisions. Um, so yeah. in your league, let's call it, you're ranked number one, mom. I got to see this as of today. Wow. Four and oh on the season. Oh, yeah. nobody in your <laughs> amazing. Wow. Well done. Uh, yes. Not, not me. Uh, I am ranked 23rd of 24. And uh, I, yeah. Wow. I'm 03 and 1. Now we get the same questions, correct? Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Is, that, is the cat there? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear him because I have earphones on. Oh, okay. Um, well, now that we've <laughs> now that we've straightened out all uh, the controversies uh, facing our society, Mom, why don't we move on to talk about one of the most important programs I think that is on the air today? <laughs> I'm sure you all will, will agree. This week we're talking about sexy beasts. You ready, Mom? Yes. Okay. Dating in the 21st century is crazy. Am I right? But do you know what would make it even crazier? If you and your date were wearing full body makeup that made you look like a panda or a lizard or a dolphin or even a blue pixie, that would be crazy, right? I have now stated yeah. the entire premise of Sexy Beasts, a dating show in which all the participants are elaborately disguised as creatures, both real and fantastical. Here's a clip featuring muscle-bound bachelor James, who appears on the show as a giant beaver. This is Sexy Beasts. And this is James, a lab technician from Los Angeles whose size gets in the way of finding love. Because I'm a big guy, people do make a lot of assumptions about me. I mean, they think that I'm very selfish and cocky, but as big as my muscles are, my heart's even bigger. Aw, well this show's all about what's on the inside. Although it is good to have some big biceps. You know, these, these are 20 inches, so that's always a plus, right? Yeah, probably. 
So what is our big bicep beaver looking for from his dates today? I'm not gonna lie, I'm an ass man. Good man. But this is supposed to be all about personality. I'm looking for someone that is going to make me laugh, be goofy with me, and make me wanna fall in love. Well, you're in luck. We've got three gruesomely goofy girls all hoping to make you fall in love today. What other guy on the planet right now is dressed as a beaver and still has three girls fighting over him? I gotta be the only one. You can't deny the logic. Sexy Beasts is available on Netflix. Mom, were these beasts heavenly or hellish? Oh, <laughs> this was absolute hell. Really, if this if this was really dating, I don't know. This was this was one of the saddest shows I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so sad. Now let me just say, mm-hmm. I love the premise of meeting somebody and perhaps dating them based on their personality alone. But that's not what this is. Well, it is in a way, except that the personality of all the people is the personalities of people who go on dating shows, right? Like, <laughs> okay, there's. I guess I don't watch many of them, so. Well, they're all filled with people like this, and in fact, some of the same people pop up on different. On oh, different really? Ones. Yeah, but there's like. You know, we watch these dating shows and you're really watching the behavior of a tiny, tiny sliver of the population that is vain or ambitious or just plain stupid enough to um, insert themselves in the reality show machine. Um, so there's there's that baseline to deal with always. But why do you think this was uh, even below the level of a typical of typical dating mom? All right. Well, I can I can really sum it up for you. Not that this will make for much conversation, but I can sum it up for you when the beaver has to move his tooth to kiss. Oh, my God. Oh my God. No. <laughs> uh. I just I just about gagged when he did that. And I I. Uh, my eyes just rolled right across the floor. Yeah, so James, the beaver you heard in the clip, at one point asks one of his dates for a kiss, and um, he starts to lift up his prosthetic, like they flip up. Even the way in which he moves them out of the way is revolting because he peels the teeth up and away uh, from his lip. It's the nothing could make me want to kiss less like i'm not sure any image on screen um and he is declined that uh he doesn't get that kiss although someone else kisses him in that uh beaver get yeah yeah that ask for a kiss moment has become a staple of these uh what was the one we reviewed last year um uh, the 12 dates of christmas or something like that one yes and the same, all the, these constant scenes where the guy, clearly having been prompted by the producer who's managing him um, before that segment is shot, clearly has been prompted to ask for a kiss at some point. And, oh, it's just the most cringy moment of these dating shows. And somehow Ooh. Sexy Beast, yes, made it even cringier. Yes, yes. This show went where no show should ever go. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Now, I know that you and I are having trouble finding some some quality shows to really 
look at, but this this was really the uh, coffee grounds of the garbage can. Well, I'm, I'm not always screening for quality, I will say. Um, I'll admit that much. Uh, but And I was not screening for quality on this one. But um, these dating shows have worn so thin, and their formula <laughs> is, is so bare. Um, you know, this show is just... If you watch it with your eyes closed, it's just a typical dating show, you know, aside from the fact that they're talking about pandas every once in a while. Uh, right. If you were not seeing it, it's it's just the typical dull, um, you know, kind of awkward conversation. No, Nobody is scintillating. Nobody is an interesting person in themselves, um, at least anything that we get to see. Um so they just sort of bolt on this premise. You know, it's a typical dating show plus talented makeup artists. Like we're going to yes. spend we're going to spend a little more on makeup for this show and so it'll look like this. You know, it's just like, oh, mass singer. This is basically the mass singer right, dating show, right. right? Like we're just going to have a singing show except we're going to have these amazing costumes too. That's the sales pitch of that show. But what if they had shown us the process of putting on the prosthetics and and changing them into the overdone artistry that was that was done even that might have added a little layer of interest mm. yeah you're right we don't really get to see the transformation we do get to see the people maybe this is why because the big reveal is at the end you see yeah. what is it three people that each um you'll have one like dater like James in this example um, and then he meets three other people and picks one and so we get this right the upshot is we get to see what everybody really looks like at the end and it's this big reveal except that everybody is a hot dating reality show person right right it's not there's no surprises there's nobody who's you know missing an eye or something or is otherwise otherwise diverges from a pretty standard template of beauty um so it's not it's not actually a big reveal it's like oh there's an attractive hollywood person under there i'm right (laughs) right but i did like was it james that flexed his his uh what is that muscle there the bicep or the yeah yeah you know when he he was wiggling (laughs) i just (laughs) is this really what dating is is down to for some people i guess yeah they've just she's just met him for the first time outside the beaver costume right the person he selects is the senior talking about and like five seconds in he says should like he says "Uh, let me turn around for you so and it flexes and does a 360 Uh, i just thought what a way to yeah he's not meeting her for the first time but kind of meeting her for the first time and his instinct is just look at my muscles and the when i saw that mom my heart was just like oh that's his entire personality like this there is you go. that's all she's going to get from this guy yeah. and i'm sorry james maybe you're a great scholar of literature or some you know maybe there's layers <laughs> to you that we didn't see on the show but it sure looked to me like you're a prime concern of showing off your muscles <laughs> and that's I think it we, i think we saw all his layers i have a feeling yeah oh oh so, um, 
I think if you could watch this with somebody, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I don't think anybody should watch this show. <laughs> now, what animal would you want to be? Oh, I would want to be something cute, mm-hmm. like a like a koala bear, or not not one of those those ugly things. I would want to be something really cute. Yeah. How about you? Horse. No. <laughs> I know you're just saying that. Then that way the whole night I could just say, I'm a horse. I'm a horse. <laughs> that's as far as I'm concerned, that's how that's all horses think. I'm sorry, horse lovers. This is an old in joke that you're being exposed to. I know uh, that horses are gorgeous, intelligent animals. Yes, they are. It sure seems yes, they to me are. like they just walk around saying, I'm a horse. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I would want to be. Sexy horse beast. Oh, if they knew how old that joke was. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't. Also, Johnny, uh, question. What do you think a show like that costs? Oh, not all the budget and is going and not much, but all the budget is going toward the makeup. That's their okay. expenditure, and that's why everything else is very, very basic. Um, this is still a low-budget show, but I meant what I said when this was the pitch. Like, we're the structure is basically, we're going to spend a little extra money on makeup to achieve the gimmick, but everything else is just bare-bones, off-the-shelf dating show, and a dating show is not expensive to shoot at all. Um, so yeah, cheapy weepy. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, here's my idea. Here's my idea for an improvement. Okay. All right. They get on a plane. A couple gets on the plane and all their prosthetics on and they skydive out of the plane. And as they're falling, all the prosthetics fall off. And as they arrive on the ground together, he says, Either yay or nay, because he has two more opportunities, or she has two more opportunities mm-hmm. to go up, to go back up in the plane and see two other possibilities. And why are you trapping them in the air? Limited time, couple Limited of seconds, and, but- and and the interest of watching somebody falling, <laughs> not not dying, not dying. I mean. I mean, Wait, do they know. get do they get pushed out of the plane? No, they have. <laughs> no, they have they have parachutes on. Oh. And they jump out of the plane. All the prosthetics fall off, and they arrive on the ground in their clothes and take a fast look at each other. Because really, what are who are we kidding with this personality crap? Well, that yeah, I mean that premise requires personalities to be present, which they they weren't much in evidence, at least in the episodes I watched. I I like your airplane idea, but I say get rid of the prosthetics altogether, and okay. um, your entire date has to take place in the airplane bathroom. Oh, so you can leave if you feel the date isn't going well, but you can never see that uh, person again. Like, if you exit the bathroom before the plane lands, then it's over. Well, we're going to have to flesh this out so that we can put it into production. Yeah. <laughs> what should we call it? <laughs> Lavatory love? The lovatory. That's what we'll call it. 
<laughs> Call us, anybody that likes this idea. I'm going to trademark it as soon as we get off the, the phone. lovatory. Yeah, you better you better trademark <laughs> that before this uh, podcast goes up. Cause... Okay. Welcome to the lo- lovatory. Uh, I did like the snarky uh, voiceover. Oh, geez, really? Um, well, who did that? I, uh, it's a famous I, comedian. Um, I tried to pick some one redeeming thing about it, and that was all I could come up with. Okay, it's Rob Delaney does the narration oh, of yeah. the show. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, since you love the narrator on Sexy Beast so much, Mom, I'm going to assume this is an A double plus. But uh, I still have to ask, what was your grade, Mom, for Sexy Beasts? I'm sorry. This really does deserve an uh, an F, a big fat oh, red F. No, an really, F. it's terrible. It's terrible. I can't believe it, that the White Lotus, one of the best shows I've seen in years, and Sexy Beasts got the same grade. I in know consecutive weeks. I know that that's sad. Um, White Lotus has been a topic of conversation. Almost every day at our house because we cannot wait for Sunday to see who is in the box. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to talk about that on the podcast, although I wonder when we can talk about it without ruining it for too many people. But not a concern for now because we don't know who That's right. died on the White Lotus. Maybe a bunch of people died and they just squeezed them all into the same box. Maybe that'll be the twist that there's more. Well, that's what I suggested last week. Don't you remember? No, I don't. I said I hope I hope everyone's in that box, but I didn't mean it. Now I changed my mind. <laughs> That's right. I remember that now, uh, Mom? What's your recommendation for this week? Uh, my recommendation is this book that I just got from the library. I'm so excited to go to the library again. And let me tell you, my library, the Tracy Memorial Library in New London, New Hampshire, is they are so full of the happiest people, really really a wonderful place as i'm sure your library is too but the book i got out is called the guest room by chris bojalian and i have to say it was a uh, i've read other books by him he's a very good writer he really knows how to tease apart a the in this case a crime uh thriller and piece it apart unfortunately it is a lot of uh sex which he does very well uh describing um and i'm uh looking forward to seeing how this resolves itself whether Ooh, it pulls the family are. apart yeah. Ooh, yeah a steamy <laughs> recommendation from yes. on this week I didn't uh, understand when I read the description quite what it was, so, uh, but I'm in for a penny. Oh, hold so. on. I have to pat my brow with a handkerchief after this recommendation. <laughs> oh. oh, my stars. Okay. That's the uh, guest room by Chris Bojalian. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Uh, well, that's how, maybe it's Jalian. I was guessing Bo- Bojalian. Is that crazy? Anyway, it's 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 B O J A L I A N. So that's how you can find it at your no, local no, library. No, no, it's B O H. Oh, B O H. That's not what you yeah. sent me. Well, I knew you were going to say it, not spell it. 
Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you you sent me the name of the author and it intentionally misspelled it? So that... What are you trying to do to me, Mom? You know I've had a long week. And you're, I know. And now I have my own mom feeding me misinformation on the very podcast that we make together. Good God, I can't take it. No, I have to tell you the truth. I didn't even see the H till I looked. I I didn't know it was spelled that way. Okay, well now I have to. Wait, Sorry. Uh, there's there's an H and a J. Didn't I put the J in? Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, but okay, okay. I thought you were saying that the J was actually an H, and now you're saying there's an H and a J in there. Hey, everybody, I have no idea how to spell this fucking guy's name, all right? And I'm done trying. So the, the, the name of the book is The Guest Room. Good God. What, even the recommendation is uh, like pulling teeth this week. Okay. The Guest Room by Chris Bojali, and Mom loves it because it has a lot of sex in it. There's your oh, recommendation. No, that's not- yeah, that's what, that's what you said. That's what you said. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Oh, oh. this is no laughing matter, Mom. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Do you have any ideas? I do. I don't worry. We'll find something interesting. Something interesting. That'll do it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And we love to get email. As you heard earlier on the show, the inbox is popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.